And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Matt Dudek will not be joining us today, but uh, joining us instead, and appropriately so, considering the crazy week Detroit Mercy has had, is a recuperating Carrick Jones. Recuperating indeed. Uh, hopefully, hopefully back on my feet for that game at Oakland later this week. Yes, and yes, Carrick. If you follow Carrick at Carrick Jones underscore Jones on Twitter, Carrick had some surgery last week, and he's uh, he's uh, still kind of laid up a little bit. Still sounds like you're kind of sore, but on the, clearly on the road to recuperation. So yep. that's gonna be so that's good. That's good. So um, and of course you can find the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. And while we just get into it, I mean, this is the big news this week is that after at long, long last, I was going to say Detroit Mercy's national nightmare is over, but that just may complicates things. So finally, finally, the NCAA finally lifted the APR ban on Detroit Mercy. Finally, we've been waiting for this since probably forever, December. And and it's funny because I, they haven't even officially announced it yet. It was a uh, we got a um, it was a tweet from Don Owen from north from the from from the Northern Kentucky Tribune of all people who posted this uh, this uh, over the weekend. And it's so uh, according to his sources and you know. And I'm assuming this is, is correct that the APR ban for Detroit Mercy is, is is at long last finally lifted. So Detroit Mercy will be able to if they get their shit together, power through and participate in a tournament. Yay! Yay! A tournament. A tournament. Um, I'm gonna venture a guess given how things have been going. Just the Horizon League tournament. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be an NCAA tournament. It NIC. is definitely not. Um, man, maybe Mike but, Davis will pay out of pocket for him to play in the CBI. Yeah, that would. Wouldn't that require them to actually have a record that's better than two and ten? Because um, right now it it it, it ain't it. <laughs> no. So not. yeah. So yeah, that was a good and. So that was uh, well. They did win on Saturday. They beat SIU Edwardsville. Although it seemed like it seemed like during spots in the game, they were all they were kind of trying to give that twenty-something point lead away, which is kind of weird. But, um, but I they, think SIU Edwardsville is really bad. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And so yeah, so but that's not even really the real news. So. Uh, in the midst of all of this, um, man, I'm still trying to get over this, and I, I think you could prov- uh, maybe you could provide some insight on this because this this blows me away. Um, Detroit Mercy lost to Northeastern earlier in the week, and Dan Hasty said, uh, Dan Hasty, of course, you know, friend of the show, Dan Hasty, got to shout that up. Um, he had he had Mike Davis on for the post game interview, and Mike Davis just. I don't know what the hell happened. Dude went off. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he didn't say, I, I think as I understand it, he didn't say he needed better players. He needed different players to he, be, cl- to be clear. He, he did say that he, I did. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to, cause I know we, yes, there's a, 
it was he was he was he was very he's clearly been very unhappy with the execution on this Detroit Mercy team, um, which is seriously problematic, um, especially when you got a guy like Antoine Davis on your roster and you're going into conference play two and ten. How does that even work? I mean, I get all the buy, and by the way, they still have a buy game left. They still got to go to Gonzaga. So I, somebody's got to somebody has to. And Carrick, I'm glad you're here because you you need to, you can potentially explain to me what's going on in the in the halls of Callahan Hall because I'm not I I'm because I'm I'm kind of struggling with with the whole concept here. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but it just seems like. It's just not clicking. Um, I, I think there's that. I think, you know, he, unfortunately, he being Mike Davis, had to bring in a lot of guys who, who are kind of fringe D1 guys. And I don't, I think he's got the wrong expectation for him. Um, you know, it, Chris Brandon's been somebody he's he's known for years, but at this level, Chris Brandon is a, you know, rebounding and defensive machine. He's not going to score a lot. No. Um, you know, Bo, not a bad player, but he's, he's going to rebound. He's going to make some defensive stops, not going to score a lot. Um, Moore has been scoring, no pun intended, more and more often, but he did, yeah. His uh, his production has his productivity has gone up. Yes, I you know he's, that, he's that's definitely that, true. For someone who plays, <clears throat> excuse me, thirty minutes a game, he he doesn't do enough. You know, when you have a career high of twelve points and you average thirty four minutes a game, that's a problem. Uh, Brad Calparian flashes. It looked really really good. He looked really good that game. Antoine was out. He had twenty points. I felt like the game against Toledo Antoine was out might have been the best game they played all year because um, they weren't just trying to get Antoine the ball. That's yeah. And that, that's an interesting that's That's kind of an interesting dynamic, too, because we we, we didn't ta- really talk about we didn't talk. A, uh, we talked a little bit last. Uh, well, obviously, Matt and uh, Matt and Kyle Craven, because I was out last week, talked a little bit about the game against Toledo in which Antoine Davis was out with the flu and arguably probably paid and for arguably and inexplicably probably played their best game all year, even though they did lose, you know, Toledo's a pretty good team. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but it's so I'm a little confused by the fact that the team can kind of come together minus Antoine and go toe to toe with a team like Toledo and then come back the next game against Northeastern and completely collapse. That's that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I you know I I think they really practiced those sets for Calipari and he was able to he shot really well. They shot god awful against Northeastern. Yeah, I, it was it was bad. But I I think Davis has a point on to a degree. A lot of times, maybe his guys don't show enough effort. You know, I I think it's a combination of he's got really high expectations. I'm sure he does, yeah. And maybe he doesn't have the guys that can meet the expectations. 
But there's but those are those are the other problem. Those are his guys. I mean, he he's got. I mean, he's gonna bitch about it. He's kind of got nobody to blame but himself at the moment. I mean, truthfully, right. these are his guys. And this is the guy running around saying that this APR ban really killed recruiting. It might, so, it, and which might be true as well. I, I and I, I, I don't, don't buy that I don't, I don't, I, I don't doubt that that might be the case. Given the fact, you know, given the fact that if you get a, you have a recruit and then you have that APR band sitting there, and basically you're telling a recruit, "Hey, come to Detroit Mercy. There's a potential you're not going to be able to do jack squat in the next first year, but come on, come on in anyway." But you'll still be playing with Antoine Davis. Apparently, that's not a selling point at this point, which is, I don't understand that either. Um, but it, it just seems to me that there, it's it just this non-conference for for Detroit Mercy just. It just didn't. It's really kind of fallen flat for them. Um, I don't know. And if you look at them, I'm not sure that even with with Antoine Davis and emerging some of the other guys, because you know you still have you still have a BJ Maxwell who's still probably trying to get up to speed. You still have. Well, he's he's out. He is out again. He's got a yeah. He uh, he dislocated his. Shoulder against Notre Dame. I don't, I don't even know if he's going to be back. Oh, that's good. Great. So, okay, never mind. And yeah, let's pour a little, throw another log on the fire because then you now you have, you know, and BJ Maxwell was going to be kind of the, wasn't he kind of the guy going to be kind of the guy to help shoulder the load with Antoine? Yeah, he was going to be their primary ball carrier. And now he's not. And now we're back to square one. Well, now they got. Uh, Legrand carrying the ball, who's not really a point guard. He's like a stretch three, um, and you know he's he's fun to watch. Yeah, but he's not really doesn't do much. Uh, example: He started the game mm-hmm. against Northeastern, played 21 minutes. Um, his only stats were three assists, a turnover, and a negative 18. Oh, dude, that is and. Boring. That is your second point guard option. Um, just looking over that Northeastern game, obviously a lot of things uh, for Coach to be mad about. Um, just got torched rebound, you know, rebounding by a yeah. lot smaller team, 43 to 29. Normally Detroit Mercy does pretty good gang rebounding. Um, that is Detroit's best scoring run was six. Jesus. And their wow. largest lead was one where... Northeastern's largest lead was 13. Um, oh yeah, that's, that, that seems like that's going to be problematic for them. And I, I don't, how do you, I mean, how do you, how does Detroit Mercy overcome that knowing what they have coming down the pike with, you know, with the Horizon League schedule where, uh, where, you know, you're, you're looking at, I, I mean, the only the kind of the parallels I see right now with Detroit Mercy is IUPUI, who is struggling just as bad and also have some pieces in place that like with like with with Marcus Burke and Jalen Manette. But they are also struggling just as mightily as Detroit Mercy is now, mind you, of course, they're obviously in a little different situation because they're working with an interim head coach. Um, but still the struggle remains. And if you want to talk about kind of the fringe D1 recruits and everything, 
mean, you look at a team like Cleveland State, where that a team that you basically that basically kind of got put together on the fly in July, and I like Cleveland State better than I do Detroit Mercy at this point. I I think it's a little early for that. I. Um, I'm and 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 this, here's the reason why I say and and I'm going to segue into this because obviously Cleveland State has their own issues. They, their scoring is uh, their their offense is absolutely atrocious. They they basically handle the ball like Edward Scissorhands. But damn, that is probably the defense. Their defense right now is probably the best defense and uh, one of the best defenses in the Horizon League. And if you go up uh, and I and I'm saying this. If you, I, I, because obviously this, the, the first weekend of the Horizon League schedule, you have, you know, Cleveland State is play, going to UIC and IUPUI. I would be, I would not be surprised to see Cleveland State go at least one and one in that, on that road trip. I think that Cleveland, the deep, I think the defense alone for Cleveland State really, they're going to clamp, they're definitely going to clamp down on, on IUPUI. I don't know about UIC. We'll talk a little bit about them later. Cause they've got some new P they got all they're back at full strength. But if you, if you think about it, you look at Cleveland state versus if you go look at a theoretical matchup between Cleveland state and it, well, it's not gonna be theoretical too much longer, but a theoretical match, a matchup between Cleveland state and Detroit mercy, Cleveland state has to clamp down on Antoine Davis. And that's it. They could put, they'll put Trago million on an Antoine Davis and see what happens. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I think Trago Million is probably good. he's good. He his defense, he's good enough to be an offensive defensive guy for in the Horizon League. I think he's good. I think his his defense over the over the non conference has been good enough to 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 warrant that conversation. And they kept up with the poll. They did even after they. Oh, I, this has to be a school record. So the uh, so for those of you who didn't see the uh, the Cleveland State DePaul game, Cleveland State turned the ball over twenty times, twenty freaking times. <laughs> it has to be a school record. I was pulling my hair out the whole time, and I'm like, oh my god, please let this be better. And it the whole first half, it just didn't. They they averaged a turnover a minute. It was so insane, and. But but the, but again, this is the thing with Cleveland State, and they turned around, they flipped the switch, and they clamped down on the Dennis Gates had them clamped down on the defense, and they fought back. They were I think they were down by as many as sixteen in that game. They came back to tie the game, but unfortunately, obviously their def, their offense, as I've mentioned, is not great. And when I say not great, it's you know it's pretty much hot and cold, mostly cold. But they tied that ball game against DePaul, and I look, and this is and this is kind of an example of the type of thing they've done previously. But the, again, those damn turnovers and the bad shooting just gets in the way. But I think they, but I think because of that, I think the because of the defense, I think that's gonna get. I think that keeps them out of the cellar, honestly. I think if if only if all Detroit Mercy currently has is Antoine Davis and maybe one other person show up periodically, I think Cleveland State beats them. Maybe not at Callahan Hall, but definitely at the Wolstein Center. I think I, Cleveland, I think Cleveland State is not the worst team in the conference. Oh, I, I don't God, think. 
Thank I don't God. think Detroit Mercy is either. I, you know, I wasn't kidding this week. Um, I, I told uh, Parker and uh, Tudek there that I, I'd take Detroit Mercy to finish in the top three if the team that showed up against Toledo plays every game. Unfortunately, the team that showed up against Toledo didn't have Antoine Davis. Well, I <laughs> I think there, there's the point. I, I, that's, you know, that's so weird, too, that, that we're even having that conversation because it's like, yeah, well, that's... I, you know, Matt says it all the time, but it it wouldn't shock me if, if someone came in four years from now and said that Mike Davis was uh, spoiling... Antoine Davis, because some of the shot selection is horrible. Um, you know, yeah, he scores a lot. And like yesterday was great and he was on. Yeah. But that whole time that he was like getting hot, no one else did anything. And that's four, problematic. Four people that, spread but... themselves out across the court and like held on to the ball when they got it. And that's um, and that therein lies the problem because the, because the at this moment in time, as I mentioned before. Basically, the uh, in all honesty, the only thing that's going mean, to—you're looking at a situation where every Horizon League team has already seen Antoine Davis already. They saw him all last year. That's what they're game planning for. They're not game planning for anybody else. They're going to say, "You need to beat us with anybody but Antoine Davis." They'll let they they'll—I mean, they absolutely would give Antoine Davis his shots and get him his points, but everybody, somebody else has got to step up for them. And unless that's the case, and I don't, you know, the way that the way their game plan is currently set up with him in the lineup, I don't see it. I I don't see it consistently. I think that's, that's the biggest issue is it's not, yeah, it's not consistent. If, if they could, we saw it in, I mean, even in the Brad non-conference, even in the non-conference schedule, we saw it, the inconsistency, the only one, you know they won. They only won two whole games in the entire non-conference, and a lot of most of those games were not even close. Now, mind you, most of those ga- a lot of those games are by games, but some of them weren't, and some of them were just inexplicable dumpster fires for some reason. No, I mean the Eastern Michigan game. I Eastern Michigan's a weird team because yeah. they don't have anybody local, but they've done really well all season. Uh-huh. Um, they're poorly coached. All he does is scream. Um, but they have a really good record. And yeah. their first bad loss was to MSU this week. Um, do I think they're going to compete in the MAC? Absolutely not. No, not with the not with the teams that are in the MAC right now. No way. Absolutely not. Not with Kent State and Toledo rolling around. That's not at all. I mean that that's yeah, that's a that's a pretty stacked that's a pretty stacked MAC. We've talked about the obviously we've talked about the MAC a lot, um, mostly because mostly in envy. <laughs> But yeah, that's um, but that's definitely, but yeah, they they the top half of their, the the top teams in in the MAC are definitely, um, worth watching. I mean, we've seen them all. We've seen Toledo. We've seen, we've seen Kent State. We've seen, you know, Bowling Green probably is in that conversation as well. Um, however, I will point out that Toledo uh, Toledo did run into you know, Wright State did beat Toledo this weekend. Um. And I think that was for for Wright State. I think that was a. Um, oh wait, I'm sorry. And and I know we and we mentioned whether or not Loudon Love was out. He actually this was his first game back. I'm sorry. I keep I, I did not mention that. Yeah, that was this was this is Loudon Love's first game back. Um, but you know, and, and it showed. 
so now that so now that Wright State's back in full back full strength, they were able to beat they were able to hand, you know they were able to you know beat uh, they were they beat Toledo on the road too I might add because I know there was a little bit of a conversation about um, them being uh, Wright State being Western Kentucky all be although they were at the Nutter Center this is a road win it's a road win against a good MAC team like Toledo, um, which makes well, I can tell you how they did it too. And how, the box score. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out myself. Well, I think we, I think we know how, but you know, go Spencer ahead. Spencer Littleson had seven points. Yeah, Spencer Littleson, who, by the way, is, if I'm not mistaken, is Toledo's best, big, you know, best scorer. Yep, he's he's their best scorer, and it's it's interesting because everyone else that starts was in double digits, but yeah, he went two for six. Yeah, and I mean, a big he even... one for three from downtown, and that's where he makes his money. Yeah, he they they kept him off the they kept him off the, they kept him they kept him from the arc they kept him from you know they kept him from scoring. That that was their game plan. That, you know, contain Spencer Littleson. Like everybody else gets what they you know, and that was the difference in the game really. Well, like you said, every... had a day. Yeah, that's true. Nine for he... ten. Absolutely, yeah. He it's it. It's crazy because last, you know, last year when we talked about Northern Kentucky, we talked about all these weapons that they had, and every time we turned around, there was a new one. Same thing here with, uh, same thing here with, uh, with Wright State. A first you got when when first when Lon Love co- goes down, you have Grant Basili come in and just play his ass off. Then you get, you know, then you know you bring in somebody like a James Manns and he goes off. And then in this game, Tanner Holden went off. So it's, you know, it's <laughs> right. State's scary. <laughs> right. State is a scary, scary team. And I, I think, yeah, it, and, and it kind of speaks to kind of the, you know, the, the kind of the chasm between the top of the horizon league and the bottom of the horizon league at this point, it really does. Yeah, because I mean, they they beat a really good team that you know, four yeah. out of five starters are in double digits, and that the thing I noticed with Toledo that U of D was having such a hard time with is how big they are. Yeah, and the fact that the center and the power forward both will step out and shoot threes. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's separating them from any other team in the MAC because Kent State doesn't have that, Ohio doesn't have no. that, mm-hmm. um, Buffalo did when Nate Oates was there. Hmm. You know, they have um, that big center, uh, Kanopke, who's yeah. able to step out and shoot threes. And then, you you know, Marlon Jackson's the primary ball carrier. With Marion, J- Marion Jackson. Marion Jackson. Marion Jackson. With uh, yeah, Littleson and Alderson pretty much standing at the corners waiting for him. Yeah. So if they're able to put up that many points on them. Mm-hmm. What do you think they're going to do to, you know, IEPUI? Cleveland State, Youngstown State, and Detroit Mercy, because the only thing Detroit Mercy is going to be able to do is try to outshoot them. Oh, that's not going to happen because if they try to, if Detroit Mercy tries to outshoot Wright State, Wright State will come back and just hit them in the mouth because they've got. But and that's the thing too with Wright State because they not you know not only do they have that inside game that is bolstered by the fact that you have Loudon Love back and Grant Basile as well now emerging. Now you have all these kids who can shoot and we're not, I mean, we're talking, we haven't even, you know, we're talking about all these guys, I I guess that, you know, and it's funny because we're, we're talking about this 
it, uh, we're talking about this as Skylar Potter is transferring, announcing he's going to the tra- going to the transfer portal. And maybe that's why. Maybe it's, you know he found he looked at the fact that you know they have all these weapons, and there's just not enough space for him anymore. I mean that makes sense to me now, all things considered. Because when you have that many when you when you when when you have that many players that are you know that could that have the potential to contribute every single game, I mean if you're if you feel like you're the odd man out, I can't really necessarily necessarily blame you to want to you know seek life elsewhere. No, absolutely. And I think yeah. it's credit to Wright State and they hired the right people at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure that uh, if I, I, I'm pretty sure Matt and Kyle mentioned that as well. And I think that's probably, you know, it's true. It's absolutely true. Or it, it's it's it, it blows me away that, you know, you know, that it's, it, it, you know, credit to Bob Grant over the, the AD over there for realizing that the potential. You know, and, and and to think I know we talk I know we've talked about this, and maybe not you and I, but definitely me and Jimmy. To think we thought he was absolutely insane for getting rid of Billy Donlin, but man, Scott Nagy has just done such a good job at Wright State this year. I and and since he's been there, definitely worth the money, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I mean it, Billy Donlin hasn't. Has- done bad himself since leaving right state that is true he is definitely that 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 because uh, uh billy donnan of course is over at uh over at kansas city now um yeah he's he's definitely turned that program around too and good timing too because i believe they're going to be switching over they're co- they're going back to the summit from the whack so that's going to be good for them as well um but yeah that's that's definitely uh but i i that whole thing with the whole Billy Donlin situation was just so weird because we know Billy Donlin can coach. It's just, you know, I, I guess just a matter of Scott Nagy coaching better, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, that's, but you, yeah, if you look at, if you, if you look at Wright state, they, they're definitely a, 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 a force to be reckoned with. Um, the other team, of course, that's at the top of course is, is Northern Kentucky. Now Northern Kentucky has a different situation where they do, they have the firepower, but their firepower is currently hurt right now. Um, they went to they went to UNC Greensboro this weekend. They lost by 17, but they were they're still without Jalen Tate, and they were also out without Dantes Walton, who Dantes Walton, of course, has been just shooting the lights out the entire non-conference. So, so if you you're going into a team like Greensboro, Greensboro is absolutely. Greensboro is a monster this year, and you expect to win without either of those two guys. I mean, I, I'm sure year. that not this year, not this year, absolutely not. I mean, it was, it was definitely a, it was a. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was a beatdown, but it was definitely. You could tell that you could tell that Northern Kentucky absolutely missed those guys, absolutely missed those guys. And that's the worst. I mean, yeah, that's 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 the problem that you know. And I know, and I'm not sure when what the timetable for Walton is. I think it might be he might be out three games. I want to say. I think he's he's out at least three games. I want to say. Um, and I don't know what the timetable for. And I honestly don't know what the timetable for. Uh, 
for Tate is, though I do believe he is going to be back for in time for the conference schedule. I don't know. But yeah, the, going up against yeah, yeah, going up against a team like UNC Greensboro this year. No, this was yeah. not that was not this is this is not a good year to do that. <laughs> yeah, they beat Georgetown. I mean, is that saying anything anymore because No, it's not. <laughs> um, but I mean they they had, you know, a solid game against Kansas. They lost by yeah. 12 and then they lost to NC State by 3. They beat a good Vermont team. Yeah, they I mean they, is... they're having an okay year. Yeah. It's unfortunate they have so many non D one teams on their schedule. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, that's that is that is true. Not not too many, but definitely a couple. <laughs> well, there's a couple and then you know their conference isn't that strong either. No that, really. that could be a team that's a that'd be a really good upset pick. Yeah. In tournament time. But yeah, Northern Kentucky, I mean, they've played a much stronger schedule than a lot of the Horizon League teams have and they've done well. That's true. Um, and now, I think same that, thing I think I'm going to say about their schedule. Yeah. Too many non-D1s. Zero non-D1s is the correct amount of non-D1s to be playing. Um, yeah. But, I mean, they beat Eastern Kentucky. is supposed to be above average this year. Um, took out Miami, Ohio. Yeah. And Ball State. Yeah. So, I they're think having the... a good year. They just gotta I, I, get healthy before they play yeah. Milwaukee on Saturday. I think they're yeah that that's gonna be their big that's gonna be the big concern with Northern Kentucky is the is their health. I mean they they we have seen them we've not I mean again we've not seen Jalen Tate this year, which is you know which I I mean probably a blessing in disguise because it allows it allowed Walton and Trevon Faulkner and Tyler Sharp to you know step up. But they're going to need him for the conference. They're absolutely going to need him for the conference, no doubt. Um, will it hurt them against Milwaukee? I don't know. I I'm not convinced of that yet. Um, yeah, fighting Mil- Jimmy Lemkeys aren't having a great year either. Yeah, the fighting Jimmy Lemkeys. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 having an okay year, but they're they're not. Yeah, Milwaukee's not exactly setting the world on fire. If U of D played this schedule, we'd have two losses. Yeah. And of course, yeah, Milwaukee, of course, is in, a, in yet another slump this year because the, the, see, Milwaukee has this weird streaky thing going on in which they they just will lose games. They'll just lose straight games at a clip. I mean, Wisconsin, they lost. They they played Wisconsin this weekend. There was it was no surprise that they lost to Wisconsin because Wisconsin and and you know Kansas. I mean, they have they they got their buy games at the end with Kansas and Wisconsin. You, there was pretty much no, there wasn't really much of a wiggle room on that one. But you know, the other losses are to Drake and the Eastern Illinois. Really, <laughs> George Washington isn't all that great. I mean, this the I mean, it's it's a team that you know. But I will say they did beat Billy Donlin in Kansas City, though. I will say that. But but that's um. Yeah, that's no, not really. Not a, that's a, not a, you know lo- losing five straight at the end of the non-conference schedule isn't exactly a uh, isn't exactly a crowning achievement, especially when you're going when you're going to spend the first weekend of the not first weekend of the Horizon League schedule going up against Northern Kentucky and Wright State right off the bat. I mean that could potentially be demoralizing. <laughs> I mean, if Northern Kentucky's not healthy though, you would think they'd probably start off in a hole. Possibly. 
I mean, possibly. I would say possibly, but I mean, again, I mean, you it's... could you could see you could see a path for Milwaukee to potentially win, but Northern Kentucky still has you know they didn't lose everybody. You know, you still you still have you definitely still have and they still definitely have weapons on the I, northern Kentucky end. And I do I do expect them to show up for the conference. I think Northern Kentucky and Wright State will be fine if they can get into that second, third weekend. Yeah. If if they can both get into that second or third weekend undefeated, they'll mm-hmm. be all right. Milwaukee, I, I don't I'm gonna be honest with you, like this is this is where as even as bad as U of D's looked, mm-hmm. I have to look at it and go, I think they're better than like five or six of these teams because at least they've played someone. Potentially, and, yeah. You know, Northern Kentucky plays Milwaukee and Green Bay, then they have Detroit Mercy and Oakland. If they're not healthy by January third, they're not going to have very much fun. No, they really aren't. That's true. Um, you know, I mean, and if they're not healthy and Wright State is, it wouldn't shock me that Wright State's 4-0 after the first, after two weekends, and, you know, the Norse are 2-2. Two and two. Possibly. That's... And do, do we know when Sharp's coming back? You mean Faulkner. Sharp's, Faulkner. Tyler Sharp's playing. Sharp, Tyler Sharp was the only one who actually, you know, one of the few guys who actually scored yes, uh, against uh, against Greensboro. He got 33 off of them. Unfortunately, nobody else did. Nobody else scored, so that was problematic. Because they shut, they pretty much shut down Trey Faulkner, so that wasn't very good. But yeah, I think, um, yeah. So yeah, you're talking about the third week. Yeah, going into, yeah. So you're, when you're talking about Northern Kentucky, yeah. So yeah, so Northern Kentucky has Oakland and Oakland and Detroit Merce. Wait, yeah, they have Oakland. Oh, second, who do they got? So, Northern Kentucky's got Milwaukee going up to Wisconsin. So they got to play. Northern Kentucky's got to play Milwaukee and Green Bay. Then they also have to play. Then second weekend they're going playing Mercy, Detroit Mercy, and Oakland. The weekend after that, they're where are they at? The weekend after that, they're doing UIC and IUPUI. So, so I don't know. I mean, I. I North, yeah, Northern Kentucky doesn't play actually play Wright State until way later. Right. I, I mean, they don't play they don't play Wright State until the twenty fourth of January. I mean, they're like near the tail. That's like near the tail end of the con. They yeah, I think that's like the last game in the first half of the conference for them. First half of the conference late for them, so they're going to go through the they're going to go through the entire Horizon League schedule before they get to Wright State, and I don't doubt that they, once they get to that point, I mean that's that's a month away. That's more than a month away. You would have to think that both Walton and Tater's going to be are going to be healthy and back in the lineup. So we should get we should see a pretty nice knockdown dragout between those two teams. I would expect. Between those two, but do you think it's going to allow Wright State to get a huge lead and they're not going to be able to catch up? I don't know. I because don't know. We don't know what this UIC team is. No, we really don't. We're not going to, and we're not going to find out until, and we're really not going to find out until they play Cleveland State on 
Saturday, even though I don't think even and even then I don't think that's going to be a and even then I'm not sure about that. I because I, I, I legitimately don't know. I and that always that also depends on what Cleveland State offense shows up that game that game. You know, defense, you know, defensively as I mentioned before, defensively Cleveland State can square up. The problem is they can't the, the problem they have is on the offensive side where they have issues with the handling the ball and shooting from time to time because they will they've proven that they will cough up the ball at will and can go on five minute scoring droughts like nobody's business. Does that show up does that show up against a UIC? God I hope not, but you also have UIC finally at full strength. Finally have Marcus Adi back. Finally have to, and you'll notice too that when when they got Marcus Adi back, now they have Marcus Adi, Jordan Blunt, and Targus Ferguson back in the lineup. They seem to be doing considerably better, as evidenced on Friday when they beat UC Irvine. And also, yeah, so so, and again, that's that's going to be a big wild card too. How you what UIC does, and we still don't know that the answer to that question. I mean, I think we know just as much, really, as we did going into the season, that yeah. Northern Kentucky and Wright State are better than everyone else. This is true. UIC is in that stopgap, yeah. and then every just I would throw say, everyone I else into liter- a bargain. I would legitimately say Green Bay is as well. Um, although you know, losing Tank Hemphill for the for the years hurts bad. I think UI I think UIC and Green Bay are kind of in the same boat. And 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 maybe we throw Oakland in there but I don't think so. I I think Oakland has some I think Oakland still has some kinks to work out as we saw when they lost in overtime to freaking Fairfield. They lost to Fairfield, man. <laughs> Green Bay only has two D1 wins. Yeah. They they lost their best player, and I yeah. don't I I don't foresee it coming or coming going well for them. Um, yeah. Well, so how did Oakland lose to Fairfield yesterday? I don't. I have no idea. I watched the game, and I'm I'm not sure. I, they they just I don't know. It was a weird game. It was a weird game that they lost <laughs> in overtime. In oh oh, that's why Matt was so angry. Yeah, because they, they lost, lost in overtime. overtime. Yeah, it was it was not a good game. <laughs> it was a really bad. Yeah, that. Did that, you see the sweater Campy was wearing? I did see this with the with the golden bow. Yes, I did see that. Yes, yes they it was allowed, the uh, Jesus Cruz twenty three points. Yeah, probably yes. not gonna probably not gonna win doing that. But yes, I don't know if he's good because I don't think anyone follows Fairfield basketball. Well, we don't, but you know, um, we also, you know, we're we—they're not in our conference, so I don't necessarily follow them. But, but all of his points I, were from inside. I will point out, by the way, that going into the game, they were two and seven. That's probably and not this guy good. scored twenty-three points in the paint and from the free throw line, with two giants playing in the paint for Oakland. Yeah. One yeah. of whom had eighteen points. Yeah. Oh yeah, the shooting was bad. Well, this is this how you know Oakland's having a bad day. Three yeah. for twenty-one from downtown. Yeah, that's that's never gonna. You're never gonna win a game doing that. You're absolutely never gonna win a game doing that. And Mark uh, Fabricator Junior. And, 
and I also know, and I know this because uh, I know this because I, uh, you know, I follow Cleveland State, and they can't, sh- you know, the, their their three point shooting is probably the worst in the conference. Wow, wow, that's yeah. It nobody was on. I mean, seriously, nobody was on last night uh, against Fairfield. Blake Lampman, who you can usually rely on for at least a couple, two or three three pointers, he went over eight. Kevin Kevin Kangu was over one for six. I mean, it was just yeah, it was it was it was, and yeah, so that was that's yeah, that's problematic for them. It really is. Now. How does that tra- now? I guess the question then that therein lies: How does that translate? Because obviously Oakland and Detroit Mercy are playing the first game. What does that mean for Oakland? I, I and I and I honestly, you know, as bad as that is, I don't necessarily see. I don't know if this is gonna. I don't know if that's gonna really affect Oakland going into going into the Detroit Mercy game. I really don't. I I think it comes down to this: Oakland's going to shoot two point baskets. Yep. Detroit Mercy is going to shoot three-point baskets. The only way Detroit Mercy wins is if they make more of those three-point baskets because no really one believe on Detroit Mercy's happen? team. Uh, you know, I, I'm i not run off the reservation yet. Um, I'm packing my things Actually, and getting ready. Actually, we were close to, a couple weeks ago. I, <laughs> my things are on my wagon, and I'm ready to go somewhere else. But oh. I... I you understand it being a Cleveland State fan. I'm sure most people in this conference, anyone that listens to this podcast, get it. Yeah. Uh, I just, I keep showing back up hoping I'm going to be given a different result. Um, and te- I believe that's the technical definition of insanity, but go on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, I, I have this idea that Antoine Davis will score 30 points when he gets gets double covered or you know he's not making shots they'll give the ball to brad and brad will score and they'll beat oakland and it'll be it'll be bad what's probably going to happen is they're probably going to lose by 20 or 25 (laughs) um and i'm going to have to sit and listen to matt talk about it the entire time and then go to dinner and listen to it for another hour um (laughs) So that's that's probably going to be going to be my Saturday, but I don't know. I think I don't. I think this is probably the worst Oakland team we've seen since they've been in the Horizon. Really? Uh, I, eh, I mean, you know, they didn't really start last year on fire either. So I mean, that's I and mean, they didn't exactly. Yeah, but then again, but then again, I mean, let's face it. Let's look at the reality of the situation with the entire Horizon League right now. You have. Three teams, mate. You had three teams that are over 500, and one of them's Youngstown State. You have three teams. Everybody else is, everybody else is below 500. You have, you know, right. It's and it. I mean, you know, it's so bad too. I mean, I mean, Cleveland State and IUPUI. You kind of figured they were going to have their issues, but I mean, if you look at it, I mean. You know, Milwaukee five and seven, Green Bay five and eight, Oakland, Oakland and UIC are five and eight. Well, Oakland Mercy should be should have at least five wins. Ten. Yeah, Cleveland State, you know, Cleveland State is four and nine, and, I'm, and honestly, I'm happy they're four and nine because I didn't think they were going to be four and nine. <laughs> you didn't even think they were going to have a team. I didn't think they were going to have a team. 
I thought it was going to be three guys and a bunch of walk on, a bunch of guys from the rec center. And they're four or nine. How's uh, the kid from Saginaw doing? Uh, which one is that? Are you talking about Al Eichelberger? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Al Eichelberger is doing outstanding. Um, he had 20, he had 23, he had another double, double against, uh, Eastern, Eastern Tennessee's ETSU last night, yesterday, obviously they lost cause ETSU is just a monster. Um, but yeah, that, they, um, this has been a really good season for, this has actually been a really, really good season for Eichelberger. Uh, I'm happy for him. I, I, cause la- last year he kind of, kind of faded away a little bit, but he's pretty, he is, you know, at this point in time, he has kind of taken the dominant role in that front court, which they absolutely, Cleveland State absolutely needs because their, their front court rotation has kind of been shortened up a lot. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's good that he's, it's good that he's coming up. And, I, and, 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 and I really think he, he's now at the point where he might, he, you know, he might be able to, he might be able to surprise some of these big guys coming in. Because there's not a lot in the Horizon League, but you never know. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like I said, I think the defense at Cleveland State's going to win them a couple of games where they shouldn't. Yeah, and they got, I mean, they got an a easy opponent in IUPUI to start off with. Damn right they do. Of course, and they that's... start, actually, actually, they start off at UIC, which is Oh, they not, do, okay. Yeah, not so easy, but, <laughs> but it is, When yeah. do they play UIC? Uh, Saturday. They play Saturday. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at Youngstown schedule. Yep. You're right. Yes. Yeah. They're playing. So, yeah. Yeah. The irony of irony. Yeah. The irony of ironies. The uh, Cleveland. The conference schedule. And I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a fun time. I'm gonna have. I personally am gonna have a fun time following the Horizon League. I know some of you may know. Some. I think I mentioned this. I mentioned this in the podcast previously. But I am. I am relocating from Ohio to Valparaiso. Um, what? And, and yes, yes, Why? I'm going to be a full-time Valparaisin. I believe that's the term. I'm sure that yeah, but um, yeah, I and, and Saturday and that and that that Saturday is the day that I you know make you know get a you know pack everything in the truck and get a move on. So, so what are we moving to Valparaiso for? Um, family. So you and, know and, you've uh, just added one liberal vote to their. I certainly <laughs> did. I know. Chris, you. I know. I didn't. Yeah, I I know this. And so your dog's be... not black, is he? Um. Yeah. Actually, yes, Harry is. Oh, well, you know, then you're helping the population. Okay. You know what? No, that's dog. just no, dude. That was no. That's that's terrible. I remember how horrible those people were. That is like Hickory, Indiana. Except it's not. It's a real place. That really isn't. It really isn't. And now that I'm going to be a resident of this, I'm now going to be officially offended by that. So good call, Carrick. <laughs> hey, I remember how angry they were about some Sharpies and some people swearing, and it ruined their lives. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, you realize that nobody even pays attention to it. They're in the, Valpo's, in the, Valpo's in the valley now. Nobody gets a rat's ass about Detroit Mercy and Valpo anymore. <laughs> Sorry, they don't. And they just got rid of their soccer program. Yeah. Oh, people were pissed off about that too. They I were good, man. No, that were. was that was bad. So yeah, enough about Valpo. You know, we'll probably talk. I'll probably talk about that a bunch of times during the conference schedule and make everybody sad that they got replaced with IUPUI. It is sad. <laughs> it is sad because IUPUI was a panic move, but we already know that. So. 
anyway, um, that's going to wrap the show up for us. Uh, Carrick, thank you once again uh, for joining us, uh, filling in for Matt. Uh, again, on Twitter, Carrick underscore Jones. I'm sure we'll see some stuff from you from HorizonRoundtable.com because he's still writing about Detroit Mercy. Um, and as always, you can find... Speaking of Horizon Roundtable, that's where you can find all our podcast episodes, as well as any podcast app out there. We're everywhere now. And, of course, you can find us on your Amazon or Google devices. So that's going to do it, and thanks for listening.